Welcome back to the Family Room Podcast. I've decided not to let myself go. I decided not to fire myself, even though I said I was going to upload two podcasts a week. Last week, only did one, but um, I have great job security here with the Family Room. So sorry about that, but I'm back on the horse and uh, we got a good one coming up. But first, hopefully you noticed the brand new cover art. My guy, Marcus Sonier, designed it and uh, did some awesome cover art for the Family Room Podcast. Once again, keeping it in the family for uh, this podcast. So he's a great coworker, but an even better church member. So hope you'll like that. It's really slick, and I appreciate Marcus lending his awesome talents to the Family Room Podcast. Coming up, Cami Giardo, which we have a fun little back and forth about how exactly do we say her last name, but very fun conversation. We're going to hit a couple different things. She's quarantined from Rick right now, her husband. We talk about that, Silver Linings, uh, which is really interesting. A Wednesday Maxwell dinner tradition with the Stickles, which is just an awesome story. And uh, talk about a couple other things, knowledge overload. We applied James at one point, and also a really nice sleeper pick for her favorite movie. So I hope you all enjoy this one. Here is Cami Giardo. All right, Cami Gallardo. I can't say it. I once <laughs> and for all. Let can we settle it? How, how do how do we say your last name? I'm sorry. Camilla Gallardo. Giard Giardo. Gallardo. Rick can say it much better. He rolls his R beautifully, but that's how I, the American, pronounce it. Yeah, that's tough. It's a really tough name. Like, it, you know, from an American standpoint, you look at it on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you're like, I got that. But yeah, <laughs> knowing Rick's background, so, you know, it's just, I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. He I helps me practice sometimes. He helps me practice, but it does. I don't think it's doing any good. I still can't say it. <laughs> Man, how's your, uh, how's your Spanish doing? Has it improved? You know, I took some Spanish classes as an undergraduate and I did well. I got all A's, but I cannot speak a lick of Spanish. I'm working on it. One day, I promise I will be fluent, have but you, it is not this day. <laughs> have you been to um, to Mexico City where Rick's family lives? Have you been there yet? I have. I've been twice. We went yeah. once. The first time I went was for his brother's wedding. And then the second time I went was this last Christmas. So, and I hope to go back soon because his brother and his brother's wife just had a baby. That's awesome. Yeah. So we hope to get over there and see yeah. him. We FaceTimed and we've got to see little videos of him, but I really want to get there and hold yeah. the baby. Well, maybe you and, uh, I mean, obviously Rick, you know, he speaks Spanish, but maybe you and Carla can talk a little Spanish, have a little, you know, do a little side conversation. Do you know she's- That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. So maybe do that. Uh, so you're, you're quarantined from Rick right now. He's still in Houston. Yes. Yes. So he, I guess he came here for about almost a month, a little over three weeks. And uh, that was the longest we've ever got to spend together as our you know married or dating wife because he lives in Houston. Wow. Um, so he quarantined here and then he went back to quarantine in Texas because the governor wanted everybody to quarantine from Louisiana. So he's quarantining there. And hopefully we'll get to see each other soon. 
I'm not even sure what that's really like, like living apart from your spouse in different states. Like how, it's different states. How do you sort of describe it? Unpleasant. Yeah. It's, that's unpleasant. But we've worked. It's actually helped our our communication in a lot of ways because the only way that we're able to communicate with each other is over Skype or phone. So it's really improved our communication skills, I think. Yeah, it's good. Because I, I was going to ask you, has there been a sort of a, a silver lining to all this? Yeah, I, I would say that's it. And when you were together, we really, really appreciate that time together. Hmm. I'd imagine also church family has mattered all the more, you know, because of that. Oh, for sure. For sure. I have been so grateful for some of the ladies at Christ Covenant. They've just kind of adopted me as their own. I'm, I must be at the stickles twice a week and they're just like a second family to me. That's so awesome. They actually helped in our dating relationship because Rick would stay over at their house when he came into town when we were dating. So they're, they're just like family. So how did that friendship start with the Stickles? So I was new at Christ Covenant and I knew I needed some older godly ladies in my life. And my, you know, I had seen Versa at church and chatted with her. And I had, at the time I was living right down the street from her. And so I had in my head, like, okay, what do old ladies do when they want to chat? Um, they, they make each other pastries and scones. So I made this, like cinnamon scone tray and I just dropped in unannounced like you see in the movies and it. that is how our friendship began is me delivering scones to her back porch <laughs> that's like a hallmark movie it's a hallmark movie that's, of friendship yeah now the real test of our friendship was when I had to leave I was um going to Florida with my siblings um as kind of a mini vacation we all four got together and I had to leave my dog with somebody and Versa volunteered to take my baby, my dog, and and Emma loves them. She absolutely loves them, and so it's been a great, wonderful friendship between Emma and, and Versa, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. She loves them. What What is the Wednesday Maxwell dinner tradition? Ah, so Maxwell's, I guess there's one over by Whole Foods and then the one that we go to is over on Perkins at Kenilworth. Yeah. And every Wednesday they have this supper and you can order a supper for two or four or six and it's pre-made. So all you have to do is warm it up. And so what happens is on Wednesdays, they go and deliver a meal to their son and daughter-in-law in Prairieville. And then I come over and start my laundry because I don't have a laundry, okay. like a little washer and dryer. So I do my laundry over there and then I get dinner ready. So when they come home, it's on the table and warm and we just sit down and, and have dinner together. And it's a great, great, wonderful time of fellowship. And Scott has been recently joining us. So it's just, it's great. We all love our Wednesday traditions. So I'm, I'm sure science is often a topic. Is this true? Yes, it's often a very controversial topic because okay. Bill and I have different views on things. In regards to like science and, and faith or is it, is it too much to dive in? Is this a separate podcast, like a science podcast? Uh, that is definitely a separate podcast, okay. the science and faith podcast. But it is a topic of, you know, a lot of discussion for sure. Do you, So from the, are there some bullet points you could give me or is it, is it? We, we just need to stop right here. You need to tell me to stop? No, 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 no. Uh, so I guess we can talk about anything 
Bill and I talk about lots of different things. Usually it's something that he's read or a conversation that he had with one of his friends and, you know, we'll get discussing it and then I'll throw out something and then he'll throw out, we'll think of this and then I'll throw out that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Did you, was, was sort of connecting, you know, obviously like some people, it's like science and faith. They, they can't connect, you know, they're, they're mm. polar opposites. Was this a big thing for you in you coming to Christ? No, actually it wasn't. Um, I was a Christian um, when I was very young. It was a struggle when I got to college, though, Yeah. uh, just because I had a very antagonistic professor my first year in biology, and he would just, you know, berate you in class. He would have you stay after class, and he would just say all these nasty things. And so that really caused some struggle in my faith. Uh, But it's never been a, you can do science or faith. They're not compatible. It's never been like that for me. If anything, it's strengthened my walk with the Lord. Um, so, I, I mean, I hope that, uh, you know, other people can have that same, that same experience where they think that, you know, science and faith, are, they complement each other. They're not separate. Yeah, that's fascinating. From a, from a big picture standpoint for you, how has it strengthened your faith? It's just it gives me such a great awe for what what the earth is and and what God has given us, and it's just because you know so much about it and you think of all the intricacies and everything, and and He's the creator of all of this, and it just it gives me this just sense of awe about my Creator. Hmm. Is do you get lost in the weeds? This is a, a really bad metaphor, but because you study plankton. Do you, you kind of like, you kind of lose it in the micro or, or as far as like seeing, you know, seeing God in that? What? Well, well, I, I'm doing plankton for this project. Um, okay. I did animal behavior for my master's project okay. and the lab that I'm in currently, their big picture is more freshwater ecology. So it's a, you gotcha. know, much more, a larger scale. I'm the one student that's very small scale, uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily get lost in the weeds. Um, just because of what I, what I do, I think it, I still have a big grand perspective because plankton are so important to everything else. You can't have, you can't have the micro without seeing how it affects them, the bigger picture. That's so crazy. I can't say I think a lot about plankton. I think a lot about the stars. I think about the, I dream you know. about plankton. <laughs> That's incredible. Do you, is, is like SpongeBob and no, like you can't talk about that, or do you do you love? I've SpongeBob never actually because... seen SpongeBob. Oh man, I mean that's that has to be the only pop culture reference for Plankton that that's ever been, I would think. Yeah, I, maybe maybe this will encourage me to watch some SpongeBob. Yeah, wow, that's that's pretty funny though. It's ironic. <laughs> what is a a typical day for you in your PhD program? Well, I get to lab and I usually will start because I'm doing a side project that's looking at fish behavior and when they're exposed to sublethal doses of herbicide. So I usually get that started. And then I sit down at the microscope and I have all these samples that we've collected from the field or that we've cultured in the lab and we've exposed them to some herbicides and herbicide mixtures. And so we're just looking at how it influences growth patterns of these different species. And so I just sit down at the microscope and just count sample after sample. And, and that's, that's my day. 
what what's kind of the what's the most difficult part it's been it's very monotonous and it's hard to see the end because you have you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of samples and you know you work you work 10 hours a day at the microscope and you see this little teeny tiny dent in your work that you have to do Hmm. but it has been really good because i've gotten to listen to a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different sermons. I've discovered Audible and their selection of books is phenomenal. So I've gotten a lot of reading done and a lot of listening. So that's been really good. That's a good segue. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. You mentioned audiobooks, sermons, podcasts being so wonderful for your walk mm-hmm. with the Lord. How yeah. so? Well, I've read a couple of books by Tim Keller. Um, I've listened to the Bonhoeffer books. So those are, uh, I think we did, we just did Living Life Together by Bonhoeffer. And so that was really fun to listen to. Um, One that I've recently read that I really loved is called The Art of Rest by Adam Mabry. And, you know, it's, it was so good. It came at such a, a great time because I'm at the end of my PhD. I'm just busy out of my mind and that quiet time is the first thing to go. It seems like, you know, because it's, you know, midnight and you don't have any time left. So this book really convicted me about taking that Sabbath rest and not even just doing it for, Oh, you need to relax, but giving it back to the Lord because he was the one who instilled this, not in a necessary legalistic way, but it was created because that rest and remembrance of God and the things that he's done for you, that's really, really important to your Christian walk. And if you let that get, you know, thrown away just because you're busy, because you're trusting in your own abilities to do things instead of trusting hmm. in God to do these things that can really hurt you as a Christian. So I've, I really enjoyed that book. I, I recommend it. <laughs> on that, on that topic, have you found it difficult to rest in your work? Like you mentioned, you have so many samples. It feels like the work's kind of never ending. I say rest in your work, like rest from your work. You know, it's it's difficult, but you have to you have to get it done. I think I've really tried to keep my Christian fellowship um, available, and at the, at the Stickles and Tiffany have really helped with that. Um, but yeah, it is a, it is a constant struggle and a constant. You know, you have to remind yourself. You, you must take rest. So, Have you ever read Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller? I have. I have. I've re- that's one of the books that I listen to on Audible. Nice. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. I, yeah, I love, I think about it all the time when he, he talks about the work underneath the work. You know, the he talks about like the eternal inner murmur and basically just, you know, it, it's not really about the work. It's about trying to prove that you're something or that you're somebody in, you know, in, in the amount yeah. of work you're doing or the, the quality of your work. And basically it's never satisfied. And so his, he draws you to Christ to see that in Christ, he says it is finished. Like the, the true work, the work underneath the work, it's been completed by mm-hmm. Christ. And that's the only way you're ever going to truly rest. And uh, I, sh- right. I just think that's so, so helpful. You kind of reminded me of that as you were talking. Yeah, and in the science field, as I mean, with many fields, that drive to prove yourself constantly over and over again and produce and your worth becomes how many papers you publish or how many awards you win. Mm. And when you don't do that, you know, your value, it plummets. And so being reminded that you work for, you work for one person and it's God 
you don't work for approval from your advisor or any, any other people in your life. That's, that was a very good thing to be reminded of in that book. Hmm. Do you ever feel, this is sort of a broad question, but overloaded, like with knowledge, like especially living, you know, like, you know, listening to the sermons podcast, it's ironic. We're, we're kind of creating, uh, I guess you would say knowledge. We're creating more content, uh, right now, but, uh, do you ever feel like overloaded? Like I can't get to all of it. Well, sometimes I have problems remembering it and that's when, you know, I, it's really good to have the physical book so you can go back and reference it instead of just having it on audible. Um, but no, I think it's, you've always got to be putting knowledge into your brain. Like it's, you can't just go on cruise control. It's just, you have to keep going forward and keeping your brain moving. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious just from the, this, I'm thinking more of like, uh, application of God's word here. Maybe you read a Christian book. I'm just, you you seem to be somebody that's really thoughtful about this. Like I as I was preparing for the podcast, James 1, 22 came to my mind where it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Mm -hmm. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. I did not quote all that off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, that just like came to my mind. This is sort of a uh, shot at the wall here, but do you, do you think about that verse often as far as like, cause I, sometimes I can feel like it's like I can overload on really solid Christian content, which is not yeah, to say you yeah, shouldn't I, do it anyway. Yeah. I, I answered my own question. I'm sorry. What if that's, no, I'm, I'm a bad interviewer. <laughs> no, no, no. no, I think it's a good point. You know, you can have all of this and you can hear it and, you know, just listen to it passively as you're doing other things. And then it just goes in one ear and out the other. Um, I started keeping a little notebook by my microscope so that when something really resonated with me, I can write it down and put the scripture reference and go back and reference it later in my quiet time um, so that I'm never really forgetting what I, what I hear. I'm actually implementing it and and going over it again and re-listening to sermons and like reading passages of scripture over and over and over again to make sure I get that concept ingrained in my head. And, you know, as you constantly fill yourself with the word of God, that's going to be what's coming out of your heart. Hmm. That's so, good. but yeah, it was a problem. I had, I had to start putting that notebook there because I would get to the point where I've just, I listened to so much today and, I was just like, oh, what was what was that thing that I heard today in that sermon? And I wouldn't have a reference, so I I had to start keeping that keeping that notebook there. Yeah. Oh, that's my puppy. <laughs> oh, I read something really good the other day, kind of on that note, and and this guy was just saying like, I don't remember every meal I've eaten, but it nourished me. And just coming back to the sermons, even thinking like, you know, which I mean, Bradley just encouraged us a couple weeks ago to. Outside of Sunday mornings, you know, listen to a sermon or read this book, or, right. you know, obviously all these things. But even just thinking about how God's word preached Sunday mornings is so helpful in that we we don't always remember, you know, everything, but it nourishes us for that day, right. for that week. Do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think about that particular question, um, but I do think it's really important to always have a background of a you know, a background of remembrance, I guess, yeah. you know, to always have Christ at the center of your life. Um, I think it's just helpful to always 
to always have that present in your life. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love it. All right. Speed round. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't set the tone right for this, but I, I think I like the metaphor of your folding laundry. You're, you're, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, it's fast, but it still takes a while. I don't know. I, I'm going to work on that okay. one, but off, <laughs> out, out the gate, would you rather read a book or listen on audiobook? Listen. To oh, audiobook. right now in my season of life, I would definitely listen to it on audible. Okay. But in, in general, in general, I'd much rather have the hard copy because I love to like make notes in the margins and come back. And I like to give books away and I, I haven't figured out how to do that successfully on audible. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, you have a dog. I do have a dog. Emma, right? Emma. Okay. How, how long have you had Emma? She is eight. So I've had her for eight years because we got her when she was a puppy. Wow. So this was, that's, that's a good little, that's a good little while. When did you get Emma? Were you, were I you got her as a graduation present from college. Yeah. Wow. So, cause I was moving out by myself. I had my first apartment for my, you know, I was going to graduate school and I wanted, I wanted a dog. And what kind of dog is it? My brother actually helped me find this breed. I told him I wanted him to go research the breed and find me the perfect breed. And okay. so he came up with a Shetland sheepdog. And I love this breed. He did a good job. They are a little barky. Yeah. But they're so smart and pretty. That's awesome. Uh, what do you love about Core Seminar? Oh, I love that it's it's very scholarly, but I love the discussion because you get all these different perspectives and people, other people's ideas and things that you hadn't really thought about. So I, I, I love that about it. And I love that it's so diverse. You have lots of different ages present, lots of different generations. Cause I think it's really important for, you know, people to interact with people that aren't their own age. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Okay. Just as important. Have you ever taken the last donut hole from the table outside the sanctuary? I have not actually. Oh, wow. Man. It's been hard. That's really hard. But that little, that little mom on your shoulder just comes and, and says, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Well, you got to beat the kids there too. Yeah. I love it. Uh, what is your favorite movie or favorite two or three movies? My favorite movie, I think by far is Anna and the King. It stars Judy Foster. And that was, I've always loved that movie because it's about this teacher that goes to Siam, I think. And then she ends up falling in love with the king. Anyway, Rick took me to see the Broadway show of that. It was one of our first big dates when we were dating. And yeah, it was, that's definitely my favorite. Man, that's a good, it's a good date from Rick. Well done. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Good job. Good job, Rick. Do you have a, do you have a runner up? The the distant second? The distant second. I would say just chick flicks in general. Just the comedy chick flicks. I love. Man, that's that's a whole nother category. <laughs> One, but they're all about the same, so. Yeah. They're just the same story over and over and over again. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel when the Hallmark Christmas, Christmas movies come back around. You know, it's kind of like you've seen, you've seen one, you've seen them all, but... Mm-hmm. You know, but they all end the way they're supposed to end. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that <laughs> that is a good. I've read a good article on. I think it was like Gospel Coalition. It was like in defense of Hallmark Christmas movies. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll we'll have to bring that up when the holidays get closer. We'll, we'll yeah. 
Uh, all right. I'm gi- I'm I'm ending on this. I'm giving you okay. the platform. You told me you love to do nerdy babblings. Nerdy tell, babblings. Tell, tell me something. Nerd out about something. Nerd out about something? When I was younger, and actually still to this day, I have an obsession with cephalopods. And a cephalopod is you know, squid, octopus, I'm glad you explained it. Because when you said it, I, I was like, I really was like searching my, you know, like Rolodex in my head of words. And But you, it seemed like you assumed I should know it. But okay. All right. Keep going. Well, cephalopod comes from the Latin word head-footed. So because they have tentacles that are around their mouth area, they're called head-footed animals. So cephalopods. Anyway, I had several cephalopods growing up in my home aquarium. And I would geek out about like when we would go to the Oklahoma Aquarium, I would start just telling people everything I knew about cephalopods. And they people think I worked there. And I didn't. I was just a random, random person that was just standing in front of the octopus tank. So wow. I hope to get into cephalopod research one day. That's my goal. That's my life goal is to get into cephalopod research. That's awesome. That would be a full circle moment. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thanks for nerding out about that. I, oh, well, I thanks appreciate. for having me. Yeah. Well, neat. Well, yeah. Thanks again, Cammy. This was this yeah. was really great. People are going to enjoy the conversation. And oh, uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Well, good. Well, very good. All right. Well, I'm gonna go look up a picture of a. How do I say it? Cephalopod. Cephalopod. Yeah. So, all right. I'm gonna go look up a picture of that, and uh, everybody else is gonna do the same. But we'll we'll talk again. <laughs> we'll talk again soon. Okay. Once again, thanks to Cami for joining us, Giardo. I'm going to learn how to roll the R and I'm going to come back stronger. So awesome. Thanks for joining. The lights are going out on the Family Room podcast, but we'll be back soon with another podcast this week. Don't worry. I won't uh, fail you guys again. Well, maybe. All right. See you soon. Bye.